Trumas Perik Zion Mishnah Hay, 7-5. This is a fantastic Mishnah, but you're going to have to concentrate, so you can't do this while you're driving. We're dealing with Sveikas when it comes to Truma. Here we're talking about Truma Midurabanan, um, and that has to be the case here, because we're going to be relying on the rule of Suffolk Durabanan Lakula, um, that one is lenient when it comes to a Suffolk and uncertainty that arises when a when we're dealing with a, a non-Doraisa issue. Um, and that's our case here. So in terms of the truma we're talking about here, the truth is, according to many shitas, as I said in the Hagdama, the introduction to this, um, the whole Masechet of Trumos, it may well be that even in the time of the Mishnah, the mitzvah to take truma was only a Durabanan, because the Jews weren't, um, the majority of Jews weren't back in the land of Israel, Yovah wasn't reinstated, etc. So... Um, whether or not that's true, this Mishnah only makes sense, and it's only to be understood in the context of Truma Medurabanan. And the Mishnah says, Shtei kupos. Let's say you have two different buckets, Acha shel Truma va'acha shel Chulin. One of them has Truma, and one of them has Chulin. Now, Shenafla sa Truma letoch achas mehen. And into one of these two buckets fell Truma. But you don't know which one. You just don't know which of the two buckets the truma fell into. So the answer is, the Mishnah says, Hare ani omer. You could say to yourself, You can say, let's call it arbitrarily, if you will, that the truma fell into the truma. Meaning, prior to the falling in, you had two buckets, one of which was truma and was usher to you, one of which was chulun and was mutra to you, you can assume, the Mishnah says here, you're legally allowed to assume that the truma that fell in fell into the existing truma container such that nothing has changed. The container that which, which was forbidden to you remains forbidden, and the container that was permitted to you remains permitted. The rule that's at work here is, is um, the governing principle is the halacha of a suffolk durabana and lakula, when I have a doubt um, that arises with a rabbinic issue, and this we're talking about again, rabbinic truma, so one may be lenient. And the leniency here is, is a specific leniency here is called talia, um, which means, for lack of a better word, ascribing. Tole means to suspend or to assign. Uh, to, so here it's talia is to ascribe, to assign the truma to the existing truma bucket. Now that <clears throat> doesn't give you a carte blanche license to assign the truma to whichever is, you know, more lenient, which is more convenient to you. It's not like that exactly. That is, say, just for example, let's say you had two buckets, one of which had 10 units of chulin and one of which had 50 units of chulin, and the truma fell into one of those two. You are not allowed to say, well, it'd be much better for me if it fell into the 10, because then I still have 50 units I could eat, whereas if it fell into the 50, then I only have 10 that I could eat. Um, so you're not, you are not allowed to say, Oh, let's just ascribe it, be tola it to the bigger one. Excuse me, the smaller one, so that I, my big one's not messed up. No, you can't do that. You only can use this principle of talia of assigning when you have um, one container which is asr and one which is mutter, and that therefore, after you've been tola, after you've ascribed the truma to one of the two, nothing has changed. That is, to say the one that was permitted remains permitted to you, and the one that was forbidden remains forbidden to you. But to arbitrarily assign it to two buckets that are equally forbidden or equally permitted to you is, is not allowed. <clears throat> the objection to that is, is called, the jargon is called 
my chazis, which means literally, um, what did you see? Meaning, by what mechanism did you see fit to arbitrarily pick one over the other? So, <clears throat> that is to say, and let me just sum it up here. If you have two buckets, one of which has truma, and the other one has either chulin, or it has in it meiser um, sheni, or it has in it meiser rishon, etc. So then you may say the truma fell into the truma bucket and not into the chulin or meiser rishon bucket, um, because right now one is permitted and one is not allowed to you. Um, and similarly, if you had another bucket, whether it's truma, gadola, or truma's meiser, or even meduma, a mixture of truma and chulin, and the other side is pure chulin, you again could ascribe bitole, assign the truma having fallen to that, that bucket of truma's miser or maduma or truma gadola, etc. You may do that because again, you are keeping one heter permissible as it always was and one usher to you as it always was. <clears throat> this is a general principle when it comes to um, a suffix durabanan, that one can go lakula and ascribe bitole to one of the two, um, in this case, buckets, assuming again that one was always heter, one was always usher, and you're keeping things as they were. Which means, just to take, just to illustrate the point a little further, if hypothetically you were a Kohen, and you had two buckets of truma, but one bucket was tahor, and one was tame, and then some tame truma fell into one of the two buckets, and you don't know which one it fell into, so again, as a Kohen, you are within your rights to be, assuming we're talking about Truma and Midurabanan here, you're within your rights to be Tole and ascribe the location to, into which that Truma Tamea, that Tame Truma fell, was the bucket of Tame Truma. Because before you couldn't eat it, and now you still can't eat it. Whereas the Truma Tahora, the other bucket, you could eat from, and you still can't eat from it. So that's what's going on in this mission here. <clears throat> okay. As a separate um, interesting point that comes up um, really in the Gemara, there's a question of whether the other bucket, the heter bucket, the chulin bucket, must have a majority of chulin even after the truma fell in. So that is to say, let's just say for argument's sake, you have, in your chulin bucket, you only have half of a saw of grain. And in your Truma bucket, it doesn't matter. You have truma. And let's say that truma fell into one of the two containers, and you don't know which one. But let's say it's a whole saw. So on the tzad, on the possibility that the truma, that's an isra durabun truma, fell into your chulin bucket, you wouldn't have a majority of chulin. It's, it's, it's one part truma to half a part chulin. So it's mostly truma. So the question is, if that is the setup... So then, may one still assume safely that the truma fell into the truma container and the chulun remains permissible? Or in such a case, does one need to at least also know that in a quote-unquote worst-case scenario, there was still a bitl, there was still a majority of, of uh, chulun to annul the truma? And just as a side point, in case you're wondering yourself, well, obviously, if, you could, if it was half and it was one and a half, Units of truma, of course, you can see uh, in the mixture, you can see that more fell in. So let's just say, for argument's sake, that after it fell in, you know, I don't know, half of it fell down the drain or an unknown amount of what was in the bucket now got lost because the dog ate it. 
So you just don't know how much fell in the first place. You can't tell. Okay, but that's just a side point. So in the question of do you need to have, can, can simply Talia work on its own because of the rule of, of um, self-exerbar and Lakula be sufficient? Or do you need to also have for your quote-unquote worst-case scenario the possibility of Bittal, the majority of what was in the Hetzer container was already more than the Isra that fell in? So that's Machlokas, Rishlakish, and Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan. Rishlakish holds that you do need to have um, a bittel also, and, and Rabbi Yochanan says, no, you do not. And the halacha follows Rabbi Yochanan, meaning you do not need to even have bittel. So you can say, lakula, even if on the if it worked out actually that the iser, the aser truma, fell into your chulun container, you'd have a majority of truma. It doesn't matter. You can still be tola, ascribe it to the other bucket, and eat from that entire chulun container now without any, any restrictions. Good. The mission continues on now with a new case here, um, a totally new case. The case is that like you've you've got two containers, um, one had chulin and one had truma, and then your kid plays the shell game on you and like mixes them up to the point that you just don't know now where the truma bucket is and which one is the chulin bucket. They're mixed up. So now, how do you deal with those? So the mission says, "Ein yadua la shall truma shall chulin." You just don't know which is which anymore. So now, the din would be and. Listen up carefully here because it's going to get confusing otherwise in a minute. The din would be that both of those containers now have to be treated l'chumra. You have to be afraid that each one could be the truma and both have to bear with the restrictions of truma, midurabanan. Okay? We'll come back to the question of why this is different than the previous case. But in any case, we'll treat both of them l'chumra now. The Mishnah says, however, achal achas mehen, if one in fact ate from one of the containers, so... He wasn't supposed to, because let's say he's not a Kohen, he has to assume it's Truma and he shouldn't eat from it. But if he did, what's his obligations? The answer is nothing. Putter, he's totally exempt. That is to say that in terms of having stolen money from the Kohen, maybe he did and maybe he didn't. Maybe he had the Kohen's Truma, maybe he didn't. We'll never know. And the, always, the rule is, when it comes to financial obligations, the person who's trying to exact something from his, from his fellow the burden of proof is on him to, to show that indeed he's owed money. So in this case, the burden of proof is on the true of the on the Cohen to bring evidence that this fellow ate truma. And since the Cohen presumably can't because it was mixed up in the shell game story, therefore the guy who ate the truma will have no obligation to give anything to the Cohen, and that's that. Now, the Mishnah says nothing more but putter. So ostensibly that means that not only is the Yisrael, the non, the 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 czar, the non-Kohen who ate the truma, not obligated to make compensation financially to the Kohen, but ostensibly it also means that he doesn't even need to deal with the Karen of Achomish business to get Akhoda Kapara. Um, that seems to be um, what the Mishnah reads, and, and Lahore, that's probably the Halacha Lamaisa. The question is why, and the answer presumably is that for whatever reasons, um, the rules about the Karen Vachomish, I'll call it the Kapara rules, um, follow in line basically with um, the financial compensation rules when it comes to a suffolk. Um, it's not perfectly clear why that would be the case. In fact, one could ask a very strong kasha and say that's impossible. Really, they're two separate issues, and even if there's no issue of financial compensation to go in, um, there still should be an issue of, of personal expiation of getting Kapara, and that recipe for that is to give Karen Vachomish, so it would seem that one should have to give Karen Vachomish. And just to sort of flesh that out more, 
Um, I'll illustrate with it with the case here, and that should that should really bring it to the the fore. Let's it's a different case here, but I want to bring it to the fore to illustrate this point. Let's say, for example, you are not a Cohen. Your father is not a Cohen, so you're not a Cohen. Your mother, however, let's say, she grew up as a Coheness, meaning to say, your maternal grandfather, your mother's father, is a Cohen. Okay, so that would make your mother, she had been a Coheness, a boss Cohen, but she married your father who's not a Cohen, so you're not a Cohen. Which would mean that, of course, you're not a Cohen and you may not eat truma. And if you do, under normal circumstances, the obligation is you have to make compensation, give back to the Cohen what you ate, and do a care and not just recompensate him for what you ate, but also add a chomesh and do that from chulum mesukanim, from edible, regular chulun, and that will become truma. Fine. What happens if, hypothetically, you inherited from your mother's father some truma? So now it belongs to you. That truma is totally yours. But all right, it's yours. You never took it from a Kohen, and you certainly have no obligation to give it back to a Kohen. Now, what you can do with that truma, you know, is not much. You can basically sell it to another Kohen. You can do nothing with it because you're not a Kohen yourself. You can't eat it. You can't benefit from it. But let's say you do eat it. So if you do eat it, in terms of financial compensation, there's no one to compensate. The person who lost the value of the, of the truma is you. It's your stuff. So you don't have to compensate yourself, of course. But the din remains that you do have to give Karen v'chomesh um, because you need to still get your... It's when you ate it um, b'shkaga on accident, inadvertently, then you'll have to um, do Karen v'chomesh to make you know, the compensation to get your kapara. So if that's the case, it's hard to understand why it would be in our Mishnah where we say a person who ate from one of the two containers, um, which may have been truma, why well, there's no obligation at all, he's totally putter. We understand why from a financial side of things, the Kohen can't prove you ate his stuff, so you wanted to reimburse him. But in terms of the, the atonement component, the making the Karen V'chomish, it seems you should still have to do that, and yet the mission says not. So while that may be true, that you don't have to do anything, because um, the suffolk and the rules of suffolk eating truma would follow these rules of um, it may not, may not be the case. Um, it may in fact be that the Mishnah holds you would have to give Karen V'chomesh, it's just that that Karen V'chomesh that the Mishnah doesn't mention, you'd be allowed to sell to a Kohen, because you don't owe any, anything financially to any Kohanim, but you still have the requirement to take Kohen and convert it back to Truma, um, that may be the case. It's not, it's not clear, it's a Mechokas um, in the in the Mechokas uh, Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> in any case, so the um, the Mishnah continues on. Vahashniya, as for the other bucket that might be truma and might be chulim, we don't know that wasn't eaten. So we already said that it has to be treated stringently, and therefore no hegba but truma. You have to treat it as if it were truma, meaning strictly like that. Um, and again, I want to emphasize what I said before. It's not because the other one was eaten that you're ascribing truma to this truma status to this one. No, 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 no. Even before either bucket was eaten, both buckets were suffolk truma, and therefore both carried the stringencies as if it were as if they might be truma. That's so nothing changed. That's the point of the Mishnah. The Mishnah here just adds, however, Vachayevas Bachala. In addition to maybe being truma and therefore having to be strict for the truma possibility, it also may be chulin. And therefore, it has to be strict for the chulin possibility. What is the stricture when it comes to chulin? If what you're talking about here is flour that's generic chulin, so when you make dough out of the flour in requisite quantity, so one has to take, this, take a separate hafrasha, a separate, um, I'll call it a tithe, 
call the tithe of challah and give that challah tithe, the hafashas challah, to a Kohen. There's only hafashas challah when it comes to chulin. There's no hafashas challah when it comes to truma. So if you make flour from this container of wheat, and maybe the wheat is truma and maybe it's chulin, you have to be strict that it is truma and therefore Yisrael Hazar shouldn't eat it. But you also have to be strict and say maybe it's chulin and therefore you have to, when, you, when, the, when the Kohen makes um, flour, dough out of this flour from this container, he will still have to separate challah, which of course he can eat himself. But he has to separate it. This is the same way if a Kohen just goes to the store and buys some you know, flour in the store, when he bakes his breads, he'll have to he'll have to be mafresh challah, even if he can eat it himself. But the point is he has to separate it. So the, here, um, Rabbi Meir, Div Rabbi Meir, Shita is, you have to be strict for both, Truma, and give it to a Kohen, and Chulun, therefore separate challah. Rabbi Yossi, however, is poter. Rabbi Yossi says, in principle, it's true, maybe, that you have to be strict for Truma and Chulun, because you don't know, it's a Suffolk. But Rabbi Yossi has a separate sheet altogether. His sheet is that Meduma, a mixture of Chulun and Truma, does not need to have any Chala taken from it. And he holds that this scenario, we have two buckets, and they're mixed up, one of which is Truma, one, one of which is Chulun. Each one has a status of Meduma, and therefore is exempt from Hafrash's Chala. If you're scratching your head and you're wondering, wait a second, there's no actual mixture here. This one is either entirely Chulun or entirely Truma, and same with the other one. So then why would you call that Maduma? That's a good question. Um, and I think the answer is that the way Rabbi Yossi looks at it, um, when you put them both of them together, you have a mixture. And in other words, you have two buckets, but if you put those two buckets inside a big, for argument's sake, inside a, a big box, so inside the box you have a mixture. Some of it's chulun, some of it's trum, you don't know which is which. And really, if you think about it, that's true with any any meduma mixture. Let's say you have grapes that are mixed up, and half the grapes were chulun, and half the grapes were truma. So when you pull one grape out of the mixture, um, either it's totally chulun, or it's totally truma, that's one grape. It either came from the truma or the chulun when they got mixed up. And yet we treat that individual grape as maduma, because it could be either or, and that is maduma. So the same thing would be over here. You have two buckets. Um, each bucket is either entirely truma or entirely chulun, but the buckets then get the status of, each bucket gets the status of maduma, says Rabiosi. And that being the case, he holds, he holds that, that, that uh, a maduma mixture is exempt from hafrash's chalom. Just note that, there are Tanaim who hold that even so, in with a Maduma mixture, it would still be obligated in Hafrash's Chala. The Mishnah continues on by saying, Achal Acher Es Hashnia. If now, after the first one was eaten, the second container, which also equally is uncertain whether it's Chulun or Truma, was eaten by a second person, that second person is also Petura. He's also exempt. And because just like the first person, there's no proof that what he ate was. Truma, and therefore he has no financial obligations, and similarly, ostensibly, he has no obligations to make restitution for the sake of Kapara, and according to those who say he does, so he will. He'll add Karen Vachomish from Chulun, and he'll sell those uh, similarly to a Kohen. However, Aval Echad, excuse me, Achal Echad Eshtehen, however, if one person ate both of the containers, so now for sure he ate Truma. Because one of them had truma, and one of them had chulun. We just don't know which one was which. The din will be mishalem kekatana shebeshtehen. He'll pay now um, the karen and chomesh of 
the amount of the small of the containers. That is to say, again, since it's Hamotzim Mechaver Lavariah, the burden of proof is on the Kohen, so the most he can prove is that at least the smaller container, um, either, either it was he, the smaller container, which had, let's say, 10, uh, he'll have to, that's what was consumed as Truma, or the bigger one, which contained, let's say, 20, could have been Truma, but at least, for sure, at least 10 of the 20, um, no matter how you slice it, would have been Truma, and therefore, he'll pay Karen Vachomish of the smaller container, because he for sure ate at least that much Truma.